Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles today to John, the 14th chapter. We're going to read from verse, let me see, from verse 5 to 18. A long passage, it would seem. And it says, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. And if ye had known me, ye should have known my Father. Watch those words. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been with you so long a time, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the work, very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, and he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you, and yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Wow, that's a lot of things. We've been talking about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not a force. He's not an influence. He is a real live person. He is as real as Jesus. He is as real as the Father. The Holy Ghost is representative of the Father. He is known as the Spirit of the Father. He is known as the Spirit of the Son, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Almighty Lord. He is known as the Spirit of life. He is known as the Spirit of resurrection. So the Holy Ghost has many names that reveal what he does and who he is to us. But Jesus says these words that you'll know that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. As if Jesus had the Father enthroned in his life. But we know that the Father is in heaven. So the Holy Ghost is a representative of the Father. And so when Jesus talks about the Father is in me, he talks about the person of the Holy Ghost that dwells in us. Now, the, rep the Holy Ghost is a representative of the Father and is a representative of the Son. Now, all of us would love to walk with Jesus. Wouldn't you like to walk with Jesus today as they walked with him 
2,000 years ago. To be able to touch him, to be able to pray with him, be able to hear him, look at him, have evidence to, as if it were like Thomas, I would not believe except that I see him. But what if we saw him in his person? What if we saw him and could touch him and walk with him? Well, really, that's how intimate the Holy Ghost wants to be with us. Jesus said, I will not leave you. I will send a comforter. That word, not leave you, and comforter means that I will not leave you as children without guidance. It means that I will not leave you like an orphan. I would not leave you without the Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to comfort you. I'm going to give you another one. In other words, if the disciples could be intimate with Jesus Christ, talk to him, and so forth. Hallelujah. Chandra? I saw you in a place of making a decision and it was almost like you were beside yourself. It was, God, I need to make this decision. In fact, I'll use it this way. Your head was off of you. And I saw your head, I hate to say this, on the platform. And the Lord said, she's going through something. She is beside herself with what she is dealing with. And it is bigger than her. And I'm telling her right now, just put your mind back on that's been renewed in me and keep your mind set on me and I will bring you through it and I will make it right and I'll give you the words to say and the things to do. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> now, so Jesus says, I'm going to give you another one. He didn't say he's going to uh, make up or give you lesser. The word another means the exact duplication of what you already have. So Jesus can become so real to us, Phyllis, that we actually are aware of him and acknowledge or be conscious of him in our life through the pathways that we walk, the mountains we climb, the valleys we go through, the storms that we are in. It's as if Jesus himself is there. How is he there? He's there in the person of the Holy Ghost. And the person of the Holy Ghost is no less intimate nor any less real than Jesus himself. See, we don't embrace who the Holy Ghost is. Sometimes we just embrace his works. But Jesus doesn't want us just to embrace what he did. He wants us to embrace who he is. He is the Son. And we need to receive him as the Son of the living God. Amen. Now, the Holy Ghost comes and he is a comforter. And he comes in order to reveal Christ to the world. Now, let's go to John 10, 36. Could we have that on the screen? John 10, 36. Jesus made the statement that the Father was in him. And in here in John 10, 36, it says, Say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world... Thou blasphemest because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. 
But if I do, though you do not believe in me, in my physical form, my having a natural birth that you can trace, knowing my father was a carpenter, knowing of my mother Mary and my brothers and sisters in the city, if you do not believe me in that form, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. In other words, the Holy Ghost does the works. Could I get an amen? We all know that God sent Jesus with power and with the Holy Ghost, Acts 10.38. He went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. So it wasn't, as it were, we would see the Father in Jesus. It was the Holy Ghost that represented the Father in Christ. Could I get an amen? Now, I want you to see this so that you and I can understand that when the Holy Ghost comes into us, that he comes into us as a representative. And he comes into us and he is as much a representative that when Jesus is talking about him, he tells him, that tells the people, the disciples, and you and I, it's the Spirit of the Father. That's how intimate and one they are with, with each other. So when we have the Holy Ghost with us, we have the Father with us. Amen. When we have the Holy Ghost in us, we have Jesus with us. Could again, amen. Let's go to John 14, 20. John 14, 20. And in that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. What? In that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Now how is that possible? Only by the Holy Ghost. In that day, we shall know. Jesus told Thomas, when you see me, you have seen the Father. Now, Jesus came and he revealed the Father to lost men. He came as a light to those that sit in the darkness. See, men had separated themselves and forgot who God was. Jesus comes the Word made flesh, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, but he also comes, Phyllis, representing the Father. And he does that having the Holy Ghost. Now, he does that in order to cause the world to believe. It's through Jesus that we believe in God the Father. Amen? Now, notice that when Jesus represents the Father, people believe. We are unveiling the Father the invisible God, to a world that has never seen him. Now, when Jesus, when the Holy Ghost comes into us, he comes into us and we represent Jesus. We, Jesus represented the Father, reconciling the world to himself, but now Christ is on the inside of us, reconciling the world unto himself. Remember, Paul said, be you followers of me as I am a follower of Christ. Jesus himself said, you'll be the light of the world. Jesus said this, I send you forth as lambs. As I have come to be the lamb, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. 
So Jesus sends us forth with the person of the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost enables us and empowers us to show Jesus to a lost world. Could I get an amen? Come on, it's Jesus, the Holy Ghost doing the work. Now, let's go to 1 Peter 1.20. 1 Peter 1.20. Now, we get to know Jesus through the Word and through the Holy Ghost. And it says, Who was verily ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you? Somebody say, for you. Jesus' purpose was for us, not for himself. And it says, who, who by him, by him, who by him, who by him, who by him believe in who? God. God. How did people believe in God? Believe me for the works that I do. Without the works, Jesus would have been an ordinary carpenter's son. But with the Holy Ghost, Jesus was able to do works. And that's what people saw, and that's what made them believe in God. Now, keep that in mind, because, remember, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, comes into our life, and what's he doing? John 14 says that when the Holy Ghost comes, he will testify of me. In other words, he will begin to unveil Christ to a lost and dying world. Now, think that the Holy Ghost in Jesus' life unveiled him so perfectly that the world could not deny David and they had to follow him. Now... When Jesus, when the Holy Ghost comes into our life to unveil Jesus to the world, do you realize that your life has the potential to erase doubt, atheism, skepticism, criticism, has the ability to do all of that when the Holy Ghost comes into your life, fellas? In fact, even the Pharisees said that they believed in him, but because of their status, they would not confess him. In other words, Jesus in us through the person of the Holy Ghost, when we live the life of the Holy Ghost dominating our life, we can even break that blinded spirit of religion in this world. Now, that's how powerful the Holy Ghost is in your life. Don't ever doubt that you are being a witness to those that are around you. Could I get an amen? amen? So it says there that he believed. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, 3 through 5. 1 Corinthians 2, 3 through 5. I want you to get in your heart today that you are so intimately joined with God through the person of the Holy Ghost. It's as if Christ, Jim, is with you. He is with you. Talk to him. Ask him questions. Ask him to lead you. Ask him to be involved in things of your life. Because that's what they did with Jesus. Amen? Amen. But we sometimes just fall under the canopy of neglecting him. And we think we've got to work it out on our own. Absolutely not. 
Jesus is sitting around our campfires. He's sitting around our living rooms. He's waiting to be involved in our families' uh, situations and our circumstances. All we have to do is ask him. Just ask the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, help me do this. Holy Ghost, I need your guidance. Holy Ghost, I need your wisdom. Holy Ghost, I need the peace of God. Holy Ghost, I need the counsel of the Lord. That's what we would ask. Jesus, the Holy Ghost, is another, just like duplication, as real as Jesus himself was to the disciples. All right. And it says, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. How did Paul preach Christ? He preached him with the Holy Ghost. And if we don't have the help of the Holy Ghost, guess what? They won't believe. But Paul comes and says, look, I didn't preach to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. In other words, it's not flowery eloquence eloquence that gets men stirred and drawn to the Christ cross it is the power of the Holy Ghost could again an amen now Paul lived in that realm and you and I can live there because we have the Holy Ghost amen, amen. the second thing let's turn our Bibles to Romans 6 I'm sorry Roman I'm sorry John 3 and we're going to read from 2 to 6 we, as the sons and daughters of God, have a dual citizenship. Somebody say dual. dual. That means we have two of them. Dr. Oberlew, do you still, uh, are you still uh, um, yeah, a citizen of Nigeria? Yes. And you're a citizen of America. So you can move in and out of both worlds with full benefits of both worlds, right? Uh, so you can choose which one dominates what you do, right? Even though you may not have been active in Nigeria for 10 years or 20 years, I mean living there under its laws, you could at any time go back there and activate those laws for, on your behalf, right? Or you can stay in America and that law can dominate you, right? It's your choice, right? You and I are dual, have dual citizenship. We are born from above and we are born from our earthly fathers. In John, the three, third chapter, it says this. Nicodemus, the same, came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus talks about a new birth. Now, we understand that when we confess Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we become born again. And when we're born again, we're not born of earthly seed, we are born, 1 Peter 1, 19 down through 21, of incorruptible seed that liveth and abideth forever. 
That's why Christians, when they're born again, they receive the seed of the Son. They receive eternal life immediately. Eternal life doesn't begin when you die. Eternal life begins when you're saved. Yes. Yes. Amen? Amen? And it doesn't change when you go to heaven. It becomes reality, but it doesn't change. But you can live eternal life right where you're at. Jesus said, I come to give you abundant life or to give you life in it more abundantly. So we have dual citizenship. And in that dual citizenship, there are two worlds that we have access to. One is the natural world and one is the spiritual world. One is a world that is dominated by the curse. That is the natural world. It's where Satan has dominion over us. And then there is the world or the citizenship of the kingdom. Our citizenship is found in heaven. It's recorded in heaven. We are sealed by the Holy Ghost to enforce our citizenship. In other words, nobody can take us out of the kingdom of God or take us out of our citizenship except you and I would denounce Christ as our Savior. Now, we have a citizenship in the earth and a citizenship in heaven. Now, Romans, the sixth chapter, if you'll look there, Romans 6, 12 through 16, you can choose to live under the dominion of the kingdom of this world or your birthright in this world, which is the curse, or you can choose to live under the power of your citizenship in heaven. Jesus was able to do mighty works because he lived under his citizenship of heaven. He talked about my father, which is in heaven. Remember when he prayed, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Jesus leaned and lived in the laws of the kingdom of heaven because he was connected to the Holy Ghost. Let's go to Romans six twelve. It says, and let not sin reign in your mortal body. Somebody say, we have authority over sin. In your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But you yield yourself by choice unto God as the, those that are alive from the dead. And that your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. And what then? Shall we sin because that we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Now, go to Romans 8, 11 through 13. Now, I'm just bringing this out for the simple fact that you and I need to make a decision and you and I have power to live in the realm where the Holy Ghost is our partner, is our helper. Now look what it says. But if the spirit of, of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you. Does anybody know what spirit raised Jesus from the dead? The who? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. But if the spirit or the Holy Ghost that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also Quicken. Somebody say quicken. It means to make alive. It means to raise up. It means to endue with power to be free from death. It means to take away from something 
and to restore something. It means to jump it, as it were, so it becomes alive and awakened and steps out of where it has been. See, man has been in death, but when he's touched by the life of God, he raises up and he becomes eternal and he steps into life. And then it says this, quicken your mortal. Somebody say, my mortal. What is your mortal body? Somebody say this thing right here. Right here. He empowers you to break free from the dominion of sin. And he will, uh, your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells, dwelleth in you. Next verse. Therefore, brethren, therefore, because you've been freed, you are debtors not to the flesh, but to live after the flesh. Next verse. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall what? Live. Now, get this in your mind. If you had a problem, David, and you come to Jesus. Jesus, man, I'm sorry. I broke free today, stopped down to a drug corner, bought a 20 roll, and I'll just tell you, I just smoked it up. Said, don't send me out to pray for nobody because I'm hiring a kite. Said, I'm seeing stuff I don't think is of God. Jesus say, okay. And David would say, I hate doing that. Will you help me? What do you think Jesus would say? He'd help me. You really believe that? Absolutely. You don't think Jesus would say, you know what? You sin like that, you're going to go straight to hell. You keep that up. Yeah. and you, you don't think he'd say that? No. You sure? Positive. Now, David, we're going to look at a bunch of scripture here. Are you sure? I'm sure. Oh, okay. I believe that is mercy and grace. Now, if the Bible says that he will mortify the deeds of your flesh, he is your partner. There is nothing wrong with saying, Holy Ghost, I need your help to overcome this problem. Right? Because he said, if you threw him not independent of him, but you through him. There are too many people living under addictive, habitual natures that could be free if they just asked him who raised Jesus from the dead to free them. Amen. Well, well, what if I fall? Then you repent. And you say, Holy Ghost, I know you're here. I know you're helping me. Amen. 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 I don't care if it's how you eat, how you think. Do you think that you can overcome sin by yourself? No. Do you think that God left you to sanctify yourself? Do you think God left you on your own to create a holy one that he's going to be ready for? Do you think that God left you in the battlefield without help? Do you think that God left you to fight the lust of your body in order for you to become like him on your own? Is Christianity just a new mindset? Is it just turning over a new leaf? Is it AA? Is it drug addiction centers? Or is it the Holy Ghost enabling us to overcome the deeds of the flesh. Come on, it's the Holy Ghost. We preach people, don't do this, don't do that. 
And if you're doing it, don't do it. Get involved and work with the Holy Ghost. And he'll help you. Amen? And he'll break that thing and you don't have to live under the old man. Make a choice. Because you have that power. And when you make a choice, the Holy Ghost will help you. Could I get an amen? So we have to understand that the Holy Ghost, somebody say the Holy Ghost, is on our side and he will help us. When the Holy Ghost comes into our life, he enables us to set up moral standards that convict a lost world so that they will believe in Jesus Christ and open their eyes to righteousness and their need for salvation. John, let's go to John 15, 21 through 22. Let's see how, what kind of power you and I have through the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, I've got it. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. And if I had not come, watch these words. If I had not come unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. Saints, when we allow the Holy Ghost to be our partner, he produces the Christ image in us. And it is the image of righteousness and holiness. The Bible says, John 16, 8, when the Holy Ghost comes, he will convict them or reprove them of their sin. How do they do it? How does he do it? By you. By you. By you. By you. Ray, how did you get saved? Neighbors, what? Tell, tell me the story. Uh, we bought a new house. You bought a house and moved into the neighborhood. And some wacky people moved in next to us. You found out there was a whole bunch of wacky people. They were yes, on the Holy Ghost and they were hiring a kite. Amen. And one day you get in a car or a truck. Yes, sir. And you just looked at one neighbor and you said, what do I have to do to be like you? Yep. What? person says that you know he, Randy is his neighbor what sane person would say I want to be like you and Randy said what do you mean he said you know this Christian stuff so Randy leads him to Jesus and Ray and all of his ignorance says now what do I do Randy said, you come to church Sunday and you bring your tithe check. What's a tithe check? It's 10% of your money. He said, do you know how much money I make? And I'm not going to say anything. He said, that's a bunch of money. Randy said, well, that's a big tithe. So sure enough, he come to church Sunday morning and he brought a tithe. And he'd been tithing ever since. Because that's what Christians do. Now, now what did that? It wasn't just witnessing. It was around them, and it was the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm telling you, you might not think that it's happening, but most of the persecution that you're going through, people not liking you, not wanting to talk to you, not wanting to run around with you, that's not your reason, David, but the other people's reason, is because 
you are convicting them. And they get uncomfortable being around you. But the Bible tells us what we do is when we come into these pressures, Jim, if we see them hungry, we feed them. When they get thirsty, we give them a drink. And we heat coals of fire upon their head. You say, oh, that means they're going to hell. No, no, that doesn't mean that at all. That word heaping coals upon their head simply means that you begin to burn out the old and you begin to give birth to a newness of reflection and vision in life. Now you think of that. See, that's what the Holy Ghost is doing in your life. When you love the unlovable, when, when you like people that don't like you, when you look for a way to do them good, who is that? That is the Holy Ghost. But the first thing the Holy Ghost is doing is convicting them through your life. And so Jesus is using you. And so when this takes place, you and I must realize there's going to be ramifications. Jesus said, look, they didn't like me because they didn't know the Father. They're not going to like us because they don't know Jesus. Amen. Listen, I've been running around myself for 66 years. And I like myself. I haven't ever thrown myself out of the car and said, you're out of here. I've been friends with myself. And if I want to hang around somebody, I'm going to hang around myself. I go with myself everywhere. I just, I just like myself so much. I, man, I can't stand to be without myself. I go to the bathroom, I go with myself. I go to the bedroom, I go, if I go fishing, I go with myself. If I go dig a hole, I go with myself. I do everything with myself. I'm, he's closer than a brother. He's just with me. I love him so much. Hallelujah. You think that's crazy. That's not crazy. You go every place with anybody but yourself. Just you alone. You do that too. It's pretty cool. I, you know what? I've never had a fight with myself that I didn't resolve. <laughs> I, I've never been offended at myself that I've never made it right. Yeah. I've never talked down. I've never cussed myself. Now, sometimes myself wants to cuss other people, but I've never have. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I just forgive myself. Yeah. I get over myself. Yeah. I, I mean, I get beyond myself. Yeah. I'm just with myself. Yeah. Amen. And so, when we come in contact, do you know that our light is shining? Don't think that you're not changing your community because the Holy Ghost is in you. Amen? Now, the Holy Ghost is with you and aware of you, and he's not idle, neither is he silent on your behalf. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing. Remember when Stephen preached the word? The Bible says that they were pricked so much that they started gnawing on him. I seen the headlines the other day in the newspaper. Cannibalism is alive and well. I thought my wife been eating me up for years. I know it. Hallelujah. But, but cannibalism is alive and well. Well, those men got so infuriated because of their convicting of their sin. Because of Stephen. He was just talking to him reminiscing about what God had done through Moses. They started biting on him. Does that tell you? They will lose their minds. That is the power of your life to someone. Now we as Christians use that. Somebody say we use it. 
we use it, this pressure we use, not to lash out to people, but we use it for ourselves. When something on the inside of you bothers you or aggravates you, or how about when you run into people you can't stand to be around? That's most people ain't see. And, and uh, Steve, I, you ever been with somebody that wouldn't pull over and go to the bathroom when you were on a long trip? You just want to stand up and just pee on the floor and just teach them a lesson? You go fishing with Steve, you're never going to pee. You ain't going to eat. You ain't going to get no water. Whatever you ain't got, buddy, you either going to eat out of the bait bucket and drink his water. It doesn't matter. He ain't coming back till he's done. And if he says, would you like to go in? You better say, yes. Because that's just the beginning of ten endings. He's headed for another fishing spot on the way. We'll just stop here a couple of minutes. It's on our way. I said, the dock's over there. He said, I know, but we're going around this way. Yeah, he's like one of those people, he won't let you pee. So what do you do? Tell him, turn the wind towards his way? Pee in the wind and give him a teaching lesson. So maybe he'll get so wet, he'll say, I got to go in and change. But I tell you, don't go fishing with Steve, hallelujah. But what about people that you can't stand to be around? You ever been around somebody, Phyllis, besides me, that just irritates you? Yes. You have. Sure and, uh, you know, you start talking to them. And they ju you just, yeah, it doesn't matter what they say, you can't stand it. Now, most people will run from those. Now, some of you in this church get the same way. Boy, pastor preaches, I'll tell you, sometimes he just brings up my past. He just he irritates me. He just, he, it's like, oh, man, I just can't stand it. Why do I get so condemned when I'm there? It's not condemnation, son. It's conviction. Get over your past. Enemies have a way of bringing that stuff out, John. They have a way of touching things that we have buried for years. And that's why when we convict people of sin in their life and they persecute us and they push these buttons, we don't respond or lash out. What we do is we say, why do I feel like that? about a person that I'm supposed to love. Love your enemies. Why do I feel that way? Listen, when you're around people that push all your wrong buttons, you're right where you need to be because the Holy Ghost is going to be sanctifying you. Won't you be glad when life is over and Jane doesn't have to push all those buttons? Seems like they all go off at the same time. Yep, I knew it was true. I could read your mind. Hallelujah. And uh, no, but we get these things and we blame our convictions on other people's. And we blame them. We criticize them when it has nothing to do. Listen, nobody is your problem. You are your problem. Your past is your problem to let the Holy Ghost deal with. Is that right? Amen. And. You know, uh, somebody would come in and say, well you, well, you know, I was hurt in a marriage and, and pastor said this. Don't penalize me. I wouldn't marry you. God never did that to me. Hallelujah. You were married to someone that didn't treat you right. You cannot penalize the world. 
nor the body of Christ, nor your preacher or your pastor because you haven't dealt with that hurt. Jesus said he was the healer of the brokenhearted. You're not supposed to be the bearer of a broken heart. Did you hear what I said? Quit harboring and feeding your broken heart and your disappointments of life. Well, what do you think I should do? Take it to Jesus, to Holy Ghost, and say, Holy Ghost, I see that I've got these things in my life. I've never gotten over my divorce. I've never gotten over him being unfaithful. Never gotten over of her cheating on me. Never gotten over of this or this or this. Never gotten over. You're never going to be able to heal yourself. You need help from the Holy Ghost. Amen? And you can't penalize other people. I've, I've had people tell me, well, I got married, I was divorced, I got married, I just can't trust. Or, well, you know, I just can't give myself wholly. Then why did you get married? Did you understand what marriage was? If you can't do it, get the Holy Ghost involved till you can. Amen? Tell the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, I think my spouse... Help me get rid of this so I can trust. Help. Listen, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost that is given to us. Ask the Holy Ghost, Eric, to help people like that. You can't do it on your own. And if we were one of Jesus' 12, he'd come up beside of us and say, Hey, Pete, I know fellas threw you to the curb the other day. But don't take too much to heart. There's something better down the road. That's what he'd tell me. Hint. No. <laughs> no. And Jesus every day would come and say, Hey, Pete, how you doing? You know, God loves you. Hey, there's something in store. I know God's working on you. you, you you're just such value. And he'd start reseeding my life with confidence, with courage and goodness. The Holy Ghost would bring things back to my remembrance. Remember, you are the apple of his eye. Remember, he's married to the one that has been divorced. He's the husband. He's the wife. He'll do what you need him to do. You don't need man. You just need God. That's what he would do with me as we were walking down the road through all these situations. Be putting his arm around me saying, Pete, listen, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. You're, you're on God's mind. Right? And then I would have to let him do that. I could say, Jesus, get your arm off me. I'm tired of hearing good stuff. I want to be sick. I want to be weird. I, I want to be, be bitter. I, I, just, I, just, I just like it. It's who I am. And then Jesus would say, okay, Pete, next time a storm comes, you're going overboard. No, I'm kidding. He wouldn't say that. But do you, do you understand what I'm trying to get to you? Listen, we don't use the Holy Ghost. How rejected he must feel when we think that we can do it on our own instead of asking him. Let's not do that. He is the spirit of truth. Somebody say truth. He is the one that establishes who man is without God. 
and who man is with God. He is the one that lies the boundaries of the moral and spiritual fiber of faith. He is the one that declares what is right and what is wrong. He is the one that declares truth that may challenge reason, but you and I must resist reason and submit to the spirit of truth. Amen. He is the one that establishes doctrine. He is the one that establishes morality. He is the one that establishes the pathways of faith and the pathways of spiritual maturity. He is the one that leads us into truth. He is the one that empowers truth to become reality. Not only does he give us truth, but then he makes truth, the promises, manifest in our life. Let's hook up. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say the word hook up. They tell me uh, some stupid word. I don't know. And uh, flip flops instead of thongs or thongs or thong foods. I don't know what they are. They go in between your toes. And uh, you, you can't even talk today. You've got all these different meanings. Who cares? So when you hook up with the Holy Ghost. He becomes one with you as Jesus was one. Remember that the Father is in me and I am in you. Now, we are representatives of Jesus. Let's let him mortify the deeds of our body. Mortify unbelief, fear, and doubts. And let's live a life that will convict a world. Convict the world. Your life is more powerful than many multitudes of words. Let them see your life. You are the living epistles of Christ. And as they see you, they will be convicted. And things are going to happen. They're going to push your button. They're going to come against you. That's great. Because, see, you as a Christian would just use it as a time of judgment. To come out on the other side more purified and sanctified than you were when you went in. Amen? That's why we have to be unoffendable. Unoffendable. Doesn't matter who does it, what does it, we're unoffendable. Amen? All right. Every head bowed. Holy Ghost, come in and begin to take control of our life. Holy Ghost, we're choosing today to live in our citizenship of heaven. That you will be the one that is our comforter. We will walk with you. We will confide in you. We will take counsel from you. We will talk to you. Just as we would commune with Christ, we will commune with our comforter. Holy Ghost, help us. These are new areas. These are new frontiers to embrace you and to walk with you, to commune with you, to talk to you, to rely on you, to trust you, to confide in you, and to ask of you. Holy Ghost, make us aware of you as much as the disciples were aware of Jesus, that Jesus can live through us that we can say like Paul said be followers of me for I am a follower of Christ let it be said of us as it was in Acts the 17th chapter 
These are Christians, those born and those duplicated of Christ Jesus. God, let us realize that no man can say that Jesus is Lord except by the power and the help of the Holy Ghost. Let the world see Jesus in us. Let the world be convicted. Let them come to Christ. We will endure what needs to be endured because we will come out on the other side purified by fire. Holy Ghost, touch lives. Holy Ghost, help us. Help us. And I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge would come upon you, touch your mind, touch your eyes, and touch your life. I pray that you would see the hope of God's presence for your life. I pray that you would see the power of God towards you that he used when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I pray that you will see Christ in his fullness and see your position in him. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would begin to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I pray for you that you would be fruitful in every good work and that you would increase in the knowledge of God, that you would be strengthened by God with all might according to his glory and his power under all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness that you will constantly be giving thanks unto the Lord. I pray that the Holy Ghost would touch you and that you would abound in your life of faith. That you would discover every day a new dimension of the height, the depth, the length, and the width of the love of God. That you may begin to walk and be filled with the fullness of God in your life in Christ Jesus. I pray that you would allow, submit to, and hunger after the work of God for your life. I pray that your homes would be filled with the demonstration of the fruits of righteousness and the fruits of peace. That your house will be accepted by God. I pray that your house will be filled with acts of faith as the Holy Ghost reminds you believe and trust in God I pray for you that your house and its faith would be deepened and strengthened by you expressing Christ Jesus I pray that you would become so intimate with the Holy Ghost that you realize that you cannot do anything by your might by your strength but it can only be done by the Holy Ghost I pray that you are so mindful of him that when you wake up in the morning, you embrace him and say, what is God's purpose and God's plan for me today? Go in the strength of the Holy Ghost. Go in the might of his power. Go in the purity of his sanctification. And go in the direction that you might show Christ to somebody else.